gorgeous listeners. It is so great to have you back for this next episode of Throwing Shade. This is Miriam here with Alan. Alan, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Amazing. Amazing. So excited. Um, and I wanted to start us off by mentioning this hashtag I saw on Twitter this week, which I realize is a dangerous way to start any conversation. But there was a hashtag that was trending on Twitter that was hashtag accidentally unleashed a demon. And uh, people were tweeting all kinds of crazy, wacky gifts and all kinds of fun stuff. And um, but it surprised and delighted me. And I said, hey, we have a podcast about demons. Maybe we should talk about unleashing them. What do you say, Alan? Should we dive in? Let's do it. OK, so uh, the, the, the hashtag was actually about stuff like, oh, accidentally unleashed a demon when like this thing happened with my child and I went a little nuts. Um, but that's not what, <laughs> that's that's obviously not what we're referring to here. So yeah, um, we're gonna, we're gonna we get start? a little geeky about it. We're Let's gonna, geek away. Yeah, we're talking about accidentally. First of all, it has to happen by accident. Unleashed means first of all, it has to have first been leashed. Uh-huh. And uh, are you parsing a hashtag? I am. Okay. Because I am that big of a geek. You are that guy. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't really understand Twitter. I've never been on. I'm not, I'm not on. You Twitter. did not like, need to say that because we already know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, um, but, but tell me about leashing and unleashing demons, right? In Jewish demonology. So okay, so I'll say this. Generally speaking, in the text, when we find shadim, they are freely acting, freely moving creatures of Hashem, doing their thing, doing yeah. their thing. Uh, and however, we do find a number of instances where they are under somebody's control, some mm. human's control. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can take any number of forms. We can talk about them in other subsequent ep- episodes. Yeah. I'll just mention, like, one of my favorites is a really funny, I think, example. <laughs> uh, in Sechtas um, Chulin, we have Rav Papa. Rav Papa, who's a, one of the regularly occurring uh, um, uh, tzaddikim in the, in the, in the Gemara. Mm-hmm. And a great name. Rav Papa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you finish a Masechta of Gemara, you say it a lot. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. You're just like saying Papa. Yeah. But anyway. It feels good in your mouth. Okay, um, go ahead. So, yeah. So he has, uh, it's just like off, you know, there's a, there's a story about a, a certain Mazik who does something he shouldn't do. And there's a whole story about it. And a Mazik, which is a. One of the casts of demons right so there's a whole hierarchy of demons that we sort of we started talking about in our last episode with the demon royal family but yeah um they're they're not the royal family (laughs) they're a lower level of demons yes okay great Uh, so mazik yeah yeah and this mazik does some stuff maybe it shouldn't do anyway rav papa it just mentions oh rav papa by the way he had this shade who served him in his house and he went to go to the river like you do and collect water for him and bring it back to his home and they have a discussion about what just happened. What a helpful little shade. Yeah, exactly. Right. So do we know how the shade feels about that? Uh, this, uh, from the context, I would guess that it's mostly okay with it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I would encourage our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was awkward. And I was silent. Yeah. Um, Wow. So meta. Yeah. So he just has this demon who like hangs out and helps him out. Yes. Okay. And um, that's pretty much what we know. And I would encourage our listeners to go learn Masechus Hulin. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. But what 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 I really want to talk about is the unleashing part of it, since that was the, the hashtag. And right. there's one story that really stands out, and it stands out for a number of reasons. Number one is it 
it's a very long story about not just any shade, but in particular, Ashmedai, who is the king of the Shadim. Yes, who we met in our last episode. Uh, yes. And he uh, is leashed and unleashed by none other than Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo king HaMelech, Solomon. Right. Who, and in his uh, trusty uh, friend, servant. Uh, um, With him as always is Garth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yahu. Um, and I won't go into the story for time reasons, uh, too much. I think we should definitely address this whole story, maybe in multi-part episodes. Yeah, but but give us, give us the, the meat of the leashing and the unleashing. Right. So I'll say this, um, after a whole, you know, sitcom of things that happens, (laughs) um, uh, Ashmedai is ultimately bound by a chain with a certain name of God uh, uh, engraved on it, mm, mm-hmm. brought to Yerushalayim, brought to Jerusalem where Shlom HaMelech is, and um, kept there for the duration of the building of the temple. Mm. And th- afterwards, Shlom HaMelech, he's got his question, he's got a bo- it's something bothering him. It happen- happens to have to do with Shadim. So even the wisest person in all of history has questions, or maybe He especially, would have loved our podcast. Uh, maybe. Let me finish the story. I think if you have access King to Solomon, the King of the Shadim, if you're listening, or you have access to our podcast, rate us on iTunes. And you have a question. Yeah. We're having two different conversations. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um, so he, um, uh, he's like, so the, the temple is completed. And he has this question. So he goes, he's like, oh, I got the King of the Shadim here. Let me just go ask him. Right. So he asks the question. There's a pasuk in Bamidbar, in Sefer Bamidbar. There's a, a line in the book of Numbers. Correct. Thank you. Um, and it goes like this. It says, uh, which means like the horns of a special creature called a re'em. Uh, and mm-hmm. a re'em is a, uh, some people think it's like a unicorn. Some mm. people think it was uh, like an ox or some kind of thing. It was something with horns, some beast yeah. with with horns that you know, some, some either a mythical kind of creature or like a like a huge kind of thing. I'm not really sure, uh-huh. um, but we see the word re'em appear in a number of different places mm-hmm. uh, throughout the Tanakh, yeah, um, and the, the the Hebrew Bible, and he says that. So Shlomo Melch knows that the sages say, the Chachamim, they tell him that the horns refer to the Malachim, the, and especially the Malachi Ashares, the, the highest. The angels, the, 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 the ministering angels. Correct. The, probably how it's translated, yeah. Yeah, or uh, maybe archangels. Sure. Um, where the Re'em, when it's used in this verse, mm-hmm. is referring to the Shadim. Okay. And so... Um, Right, everyone's eyes are crossed, and he, especially King King Solomon, Shlomo Melch, he doesn't know what any of this means, mm-hmm. but he does know one thing. He knows that this verse is talking about creatures that are higher and loftier and holier than humans. Mm. So he goes to Ashmanai and says, "Why are Shadim loftier than humans? Why are they any better than humans?" Mm. Okay, it's, it's like I get it. I get it about the Malachim. I get it about the angels, but why about the Shadim? So the king of the humans, <laughs> the king <laughs> right. of at least one subset of humans. No, no, he's king of the entire world. He's one of a few, a handful of kings oh, mentioned. He's king of that's the right. Entire okay, world. so King Solomon, yeah, who's the king of the humans, is asking the king of the demons, why do you think you're better than me? Yeah. 
Wow. Right. Speaking of throwing shade. Well, <laughs> right. It gets better. Yeah. Um, so Ashmedai responds by saying, hey, you're the king of the humans, mm-hmm. right? But you were first the king of the Jews. And as, as such, you have a, a ring that you wear. Mm-hmm. And the, on the ring is engraved a name of God. Mm-hmm. Toss me that ring. <laughs> and Shlomo Melech. Does he do it? He does it. He, get, he tosses him the Why? ring. What? Why? No, he's the, the wise, he's the wisest human, and I'm not. So okay, I, all right. fair answer. enough. Um, also he, a cop-out, but fair. Yeah. <laughs> right. He tosses him the ring, Okay. and Ashmedai proceeds to swallow it. And yeah. by doing that, he's <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> uh, he swallows it. He I'm breaks, along for the ride, man. He breaks through the, by, that gives, he, and, and, he, and he asks also Shlomo to, to, to take off the chain with God's name engraved on it, uh-huh. which he does. And as a result by, of swallowing the ring, he grows in size, Ashmedai does, um, to the point where he, when he stretches out his wings, one touches the earth and one touches heaven. And um, he reaches down, grabs Shleim HaMelech, and tosses him uh, a, a, a huge distance. It says here, 400 parasangs. I'm not sure exactly what a parasang is, but um, but the number four hundred is actually significant. It, it represents the sitra achra, which is the uh, I don't want to get into it too much. We should talk about it at some point. But the it's the dark a, side. The dark side. Yeah. They have cookies. Right. Okay. So so the king so King Solomon has just been thrown an enormous de- distance by the king of the demons, and with that, we are going to sit with the tension and take a break. Okay, so when we last left, our hero had been flung halfway across the universe by the king of the demons. Alan, what is going to happen? How is King Solomon going to get out of this scrape? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like you should cue some kind of funky music, like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so um, Shleim HaMelech is very, very far distant from uh, Jerusalem, where he needs to be in order to remain king. Mm-hmm. And... His trek back involves him, um, first of all, it takes a tremendous amount of time because mm-hmm. it's so far away. And on the, pa- on the way, he stops door to door collecting tzedakah, collecting charity for himself, apparently, um, mm. uh, in order to make, it way- make his way back. And at every door he stops, he says, I was Kohelet, um, king of Israel. Right. Mm. And uh, and Kohelet, as a side note, is the name of the English book. In, in English, it's the name of the book Ecclesiastes, which is considered to be one of the sort of collections of wisdom written by King Solomon and is um, really great grumpy old man reading. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So in English, imagine I, Ecclesiastes, was king of Coming Israel to the door asking you for change to get back to Jerusalem. Right. And he would do that at every single door and it went over and over and over again. Wow. And after finally, finally arriving in Yerushalayim, nobody recognized him. Yeah. He went up to the Sanhedrin and there in, uh, in front of the Sanhedrin, who he was as king extremely familiar with, they were a, a, a very important part of his reign, mm-hmm. the Sanhedrin being the high, high court uh, sitting mm-hmm. in the temple and, and um, <coughs> in Yerushalayim. Um, and uh, they didn't recognize him, but they knew that he stopped every time, every door and said, I, 
Kohelet was king in, in Yerushalayim. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did that there too in front of Sanhedrin. And they said, uh, somebody who's an imbecile, right? Somebody who's, mm-hmm. they don't fixate on one thing and do this over and over again. We think there's something up with this guy. So they decide to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go to Benayahu, who's um, Shalom HaMelech's right-hand friend, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, right-hand dude, wingman. Um, ah, but anyway, um, so he, um, <laughs> sorry. So he, um, and they say to him, has the king come to you lately, basically? Mm. And he's like, no. And they go, so they're like, okay, so you won't be any help for us. And then you go to the queens. As you may be familiar, the story talks about Shalom Melech had many queens, many wives. Yeah. Hey, they go to he the, was a Mac. Right. And they go to the queens and they say, has he come to you lately? And they say, yeah. And they and so the Sanhedrin say to the queens, um, OK, are you sure? <laughs> what? And they say so they say to him, um, you know, basically check his feet. Try and see if he's mm. who he says he is. Mm. And Miriam, why do they ask them to check the, his feet? Well, because <laughs> <laughs> demons in corporeal form often uh, have have chicken feet. Right. Shadim, which is delightful. Shadim all have chicken feet, I believe. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, in corporeal form or even not in corporeal form, if you there's another part uh, uh, for another time where you you can feed you can see chicken feet marks tracks mm. uh, uh, without actually seeing the feet themselves. Yeah. Um, Never trusted chickens. OK. Um, <laughs> it's just well-founded suspicion. That's all. Right. OK. So, so check their check his feet. check his feet. And when they and so when they come back to the Sanhedrin, they say, you know, he wears socks and he never takes them off. <laughs> and um, and oh, by the way, also, he's only asking us to have sex with him when we're uh, menstruating. And also <laughs> oh. he's asking his mother to have sex with him. And so the Sanhedrin is like, huh, yeah. something's up with <laughs> something's up with the king. With the king. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, so warning <laughs> signs, relationship warning signs. Right. Um, so they're like, OK, so bring that guy who said he's the king back. Yeah. And they made him a, a new ring with, with Hashem's name on it. Uh-huh. And they gave it to him. They're like, you must be the king. And this other thing who's saying, saying he's the king right. is, is probably not. And it's probably Ashmedai. Doing right. all these kinky things. Right. That's not him. Right. So Shlomo HaMelech goes to the other Shlomo HaMelech <laughs> with the new ring. Wow. Right? This is a legit telenovela. Right. And, and when Ashmedai, as Shlomo HaMelech, sees mm-hmm. the real Shlomo HaMelech with the ring, he becomes afraid and he flees. Mm. And so um, there's a, the end of the story there. I just want to mention the end of the story. It's in, um, it's in by the way, Masechtet Gitin, if anybody's curious. Um, it's all in its entirety right there, which I think is awesome. Mm. This is just the end of the story. But uh, I, I wanted to focus for specific, specifically on leashing and then what happens when an a, a shade is unleashed. Mm-hmm. Unclear whether Shalom Melech did it accidentally or not. Right. Um, probably not mm. so accidentally, but didn't realize what would happen when maybe when it was unleashed. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating to me actually is the very end. There's a machloikas Rav and Shmuel. There's a disagreement between two of the sages who are discussing this story. Mm-hmm. One says that after he became a regular a commoner, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. He never he never ascended to the throne again. 
And one says, really? yeah, and one says that not only did he did he ascend the throne, but he was able to find Ashmedai again and defeat mm-hmm. him this time. Huh. So it depends if you like a happy ending or not, right? Who you go by, but um, wow. But either way, unleashing uh, the king of the demons not recommended. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, we always try and close these with a helpful tip. Right. Um, something that you can integrate into your everyday life. That's fascinating. And the whole piece about Shlomo, about uh, King Solomon doing this door to door work and really like humbling himself in order to reascend mm. the throne, I think is a really powerful image as well. Um, that somehow if you go with the with the latter opinion that he then does conquer Ashmedai, that um, that's sort of his his hero's journey of, you know, becoming what he was what he was meant to be and being able to to conquer that that ultimate foe right fascinating thanks alan that was super cool all right we got this great listener question speaking of chicken feet which we always do (laughs) um we got this great listener question from katie on twitter who asked us um, she was just reminded that in at least one tradition, Lilith, the demon Lilith, was Adam's first wife. So the first human's first wife. Um, but how could he have been married to a non-corporeal demon? Is that addressed anywhere? Also, which Lilith is that? Because in our last episode, we talked about how there are not one, but two Liliths. So um, this is a great question. First of all, thank you, Katie, for sending in your question. That's fabulous. Um and just as by way of backstory, this idea of Lilith being Adam's first wife is due to a um, sort of a quirk of the grammar in that in those first couple of in that you know those first stories in in Genesis where it's describing the creation of humanity, um, and the the rabbis use that that quirk in between singular and plural in the Hebrew to say what's actually going on here. Maybe Adam had a wife before Eve. And that's where Lilith originally comes from. And there's this whole series of Midrashim of, of stories right. um, about Lilith. So, um, so Alan, talk about what's the, what's the deal with being corporeal? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to address all of this in maybe a multi-part episode <laughs> thing, thing eventually, because Lilith is great. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, no, she's not. But it's a good topic Ooh, of conversation. Fight. Okay, go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, there are shadim. What's cool, what's interesting about it is that there are shadim who can take human form. We just learned that from the story with Ashmedai, uh, right. and that happens in a number of instances. Halakhically, that proposes lots of problems, which comes up in the in the Gemara, mm-hmm. um, actually a few times. Uh, but th- there is a, um, a a special thing about Lilith which yeah. is because of this grammar thing you mentioned, she, to my knowledge, does not really take uh, human form anymore. But she was originally not just taking human form, but mm. originally human. She was created right. together with Adam, literally as together. Equal. As yes. his equal, they were uh, two faces facing opposite directions on the same body. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, uh, and, and eventually... For reasons which I'm sure we'll get into in a later episode, brought by Rashi and everyone, yeah. um, he uh, they they separate, and that's when Lilith becomes a shade. Mm-hmm. And she, so she's unique, really, in that yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, 
And then just to clarify the last point, uh, this is the big one. This is, we're talking about Lulis Ulmasa. Lulis Zersa is a different Lulis. Um, but this is the big one because after Adam, after being together with Adam, she goes on to marry uh, another husband whose name I won't say, another mm, shade. Because he's one of the big guns. Yeah. Yeah. And the mafia would come after us if we said it. Right. Cool. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, so great. Thank you, Katie, for your question. And for all of our listeners, please find us on Twitter at Throwing Shade. Shoot us what ideas you have and we'll address them in an upcoming episode. Shade throwers, we've come to the end of our time and uh, we're going to close as we typically do with our action items, something that you can take with you into the week. So, Alan, what have you got for our listeners? Well, I was reflecting on our episode mm. and I think that, you know, we've learned that whether accidentally or not, unleashing a shade is not a good thing. And so, you know, um, we want to avoid that. We want to avoid unleashing shade, unleashing demons in the colloquial sense as well. And what we find, for example, in the story of Ashmedai and Shlomo Melech, we find that Shlomo Melech, he has this question, he goes, he asks Ashmedai, and he just basically does what Ashmedai tells him to do. Mm. So, you know, that is one piece, and then, you know, we have the whole thing about, um, you know, uh, Lilith, who was bound to the human form and eventually becomes a shade and is unleashed in a way, in mm. that way. Ooh, I right? like that connection. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. You know, and, you know, so my, my, I think my, my action item would be for our listeners to question your sources, <gasps> question where you're getting so your good. information from and think about it. And including us, by the way, send us your questions. Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't hashtag accidentally unleash a uh, shade. Ooh, mm-hmm. that should be, that should be a trending hashtag. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Oh my okay. God. You I'm, don't I'm, get I'm lost. I'm okay. Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, question your sources because that could be a demon it talking could be. to you. It could be a shade. <laughs> it could. They could take human form, except you want to check their feet. That's check the their thing. Feet. The, the, That's the, a second action they item. Can't, the checking of the feet is kind of the checking of the sources. Right. A shade can take a human form, but it cannot change its feet. It always has chicken feet. Mm, that's um, right. That's right. And, uh, you know. You know, I, I just think it's really important. Rambam talks about it in Maimonides. He's, you know, he basically says if you sit down on a tack, it's your own damn fault. You should have checked the tack first, checked the seat first. <laughs> you know. Um, okay. Um, you, yeah, basically, like you need to um, check, you, do your due diligence. That's the action item. Due okay. Diligence. So check your sources. Don't trust anyone who won't take their socks off <laughs> and look at the seat before you sit down. It's all basically the same thing. We will see you all next time. (laughs) 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 Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time on uh, another episode of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. See you all later. (laughs) 